everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. And we are really excited today. We're back doing one of our talent rankings that we've been doing for the last couple of years. It's going to be so much fun. I'm film critic Rachel Wagner and Megan is here. Hi. And we have one of our favorite guests, uh, Nina Wyman is here and she is the uh, writer extraordinaire for Hallmark movies. And she was our first interview that we ever did on this podcast so unbelievable and uh we're so excited instead of ranking your movies because you have so many we are we have both compiled a top 10 list and it was no easy task okay <laughs> it, was, it was challenging because you have so many good ones and uh so we're just going to go through our rankings you can hopefully give us some details about what it was like how you got the idea what uh what all of the process for making some of these films uh, was and I think it's gonna be super fun so thank you so much Nina for uh, for doing this thanks for having me and yeah. ranking me yeah <laughs> it's gonna be fun and and if you want to share it like any of your favorites you can along the way I know it's like yeah. they're all your babies so <laughs> yeah I definitely have my favorites yes oh good yeah. good and uh and uh you have done how many 27 um god I feel like I'm like maybe 28 or 29 on air and then you know others that either that I wrote for them that either didn't get made or are in the process of getting made now or in the process of being written so yeah it's somewhere in the high 20s Mm -hmm. wow that's amazing and how many are you currently working on can you tell us right now um I'm only working on two I gave yeah. myself a little break. I wrote eight <laughs> movies in like 18 months and That's I just amazing. got, my brain was fried. <laughs> it was during COVID. So with everything else going on, I was like, my kids were home and they were homeschooling. Yeah. And I just gave myself a break at the end of last year, beginning of this year. And I was like, I'm just not going to take on anything for a minute and just relax and accept what I already had on my plate. And so I just took some time and now I'm like, okay, it's time to, I gave myself a break, went to Hawaii, had a nice vacation. And now it's like, all right, let's do this. What's (laughs) next? So I have a few that I'm working on. My Christmas movie should be greenlit really soon. And then another one, which is a sequel to something that I did recently. And well, what is, it's been a while since we did our first interview. Why don't you tell our audience a little bit how you got started writing? Um, so I, um, I was working at Lifetime. Well, before, before that, like I came to LA and I was going to be an actress and, um, I always like did theater, love theater. I was like, I'm, I'm going to go move to LA. I'm going to be an actress. And, I just could not get any traction. I'm like a weird type because I'm not like the gorgeous leading lady and I'm not the super charactery character. So there's like, oh, the quirky best friend that's, you know, somewhere in the middle. And there's like 12 roles a year for that person. And there's 4 billion actresses that could do that. So it was really hard for me to get any traction. So I wrote this play and just so that I have something to act in and I got it produced and people said, you know, oh my gosh, you're writing so good. You're writing so good. And um, nobody said anything about my acting. (laughs) It was like, okay, that's the path. And at that point I was like, 
I don't love this. I love this. So then I kept going. I worked at Lifetime in development. I was an assistant in development Lifetime for seven years. And I met a lot of the people that I still work with today. Um, I met back in those Lifetime days. Mm. And um, and I just was writing scripts and trying to get something going. And I had heard that Hallmark wanted a wedding movie. So I just like buckled down. I wrote this movie, sent it to Lizzie Yost and Barbara Fisher, who was the head of programming at the time, um, who was my old boss at Lifetime. And uh, just spec the script, sent it in, and they bought it. Yeah, the rest is history. That's I mean, amazing. That's, that sounds like it was very easy. That was <laughs> my... 4,058th submission after getting 4,058 no's. Sure. That was my, yes. So yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like, oh, I decided to write a script and I wrote it and I bought it. No, yeah. I wrote many scripts before that, but yeah. I just used my contacts and what they needed to get in the door. Well, we always look forward to a Nina movie. In fact, you won the best homework writer, I think, two years in a row and then yeah. this last year there was yeah, the heinies the heinies they love that tyler Hines, yeah they right? love that uh <laughs> it was always you movie <laughs> that's their favorite uh but uh but uh the there there's just so many good ones would you agree megan it was difficult to come up with a 10 list Oh yeah. When you sent me an invite to do this, I immediately went on her IMDb page and I was like, oh my God, I love like all these movies. (laughs) I saw some of my favorite, like all time favorites. So I was, I said, yes, definitely. I can, I will be there. This will be a piece of cake. (laughs) Yeah. Like, oh, I've never seen that one. Mm-hmm. There was, and some I found, I was able to find on Hallmark Movies Now. So I watched a few that I hadn't seen. Ah, okay. um, some of them are hard, the, some of the older ones were harder to find, but yeah. I did, I was able to find a lot of them on Hallmark Movies Now uh, to rewatch mm-hmm. or watch for the first time. Well, we don't know each other's lists. So this, okay. yeah, so this can be a surprise. And if you have one a lot higher than, um, than I have it or vice versa, then we'll just pitch it and talk so we don't want to talk about the movies twice uh but uh but let's start uh Megan what is your number 10 okay so I have one honorable mention first (laughs) so my honorable mention is Christmas in Tahoe because I got married in Tahoe and I remember being really excited (laughs) to watch a movie in Tahoe I really liked that one so that's my honorable mention that was a good one uh, that would be a pretty high up monitor mention for me as well. It was way better than the trailers had made me think uh, it was going to be. And uh, they had really good chemistry. I really liked the, I mean, I love Laura Osnes, but I really liked the dude. I can't think of his name. Um, Kyle. Kyle. Yeah. 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 He was great. The Broadway people. So, you know, yes. me exactly. like I <laughs> yeah. love the Broadway people. And I thought Broadway people all the time in my movie. Yes. And I thought, I think Pat Monaghan from train, right. He was Uh, good, right? He did good. That was his first acting ever. He's got the chops. Like he can, he can do it. He was good. I thought so. I really did. I thought he did a good job. So that's a good honorable mention. My honorable mention is I married who, and in fairness, I have not seen this in a long time and I didn't have time to rewatch it, but I remember just really thinking it was funny and edgy and something different. I couldn't quite crack the top 10 because probably partly because I haven't seen it in so long, but um, 
but I do have that at number 10. That was one I of mean, at number 11. One of the first rom-coms I ever wrote mm-hmm. and it was kicking around for a long time. I couldn't, um, that was one of the scripts I wrote where I would send it out and people passed on it, passed on it, passed yeah. on it. Um, and then that movie, what happens in Vegas came out and I was like, well, great. Now nobody's ever going to make this. And I was actually surprised that Hallmark was willing to make that because yeah. I did change some things. Like she accidentally gets drunk because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. they don't want to make anybody yeah. making like really bad decisions on Hallmark. But I, you yeah. know, that was one that I was sort of surprised that they actually wanted to make it. Well, it, it, but that makes it kind of refreshing that it has a little bit of an edge to it. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. Uh, and it was a long time ago. I mean, I want to say that was my, I, I feel like that was my third movie. Yeah. 2012. So it's been a decade. Yeah. That was my third movie ever. Some of the older Hallmark movies are way edgier than what they do now. It's kind I of think interesting. That those predated Bill Abbott coming and oh, being okay. in charge. I'm, I want to say that he was not the CEO when they bought those, or maybe it was yeah. because Barbara Fisher was the head of programming at the time and she went a little edgier. I'm not sure. I can't remember what the, um, what the hierarchy was when, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, when Barbara was there, things were definitely, th- there were things that like, they never would have bought five years late after she left. Right. Yeah. And I'm not sure if that was Bill or if there was a different regime there. Hmm. Uh, yeah, there was, there was definitely something different that happened around like 2015, I feel like is when, I mean, that's when Countdown to Christmas really started and, you know, things really, I think changed, but, uh, uh, my number 10 is love at first dance. And I really enjoy this movie. I, we did a whole on friendship episode on it. Um, I like the way that this is basically like the prequel to their relationship. Like they, and that's how you're able to kind of make it work with the awkwardness. Like it's not actually like their relationship starts at the beginning. I mean, the relationship starts at the end of the movie. Uh, And uh, so there's really no like cheating, emotional cheating really going That's on. That's a hard line That's a hard... that you have to dance around. Yeah. Because you can't make her look like a husband stealer and you can't make him look like an idiot for being with this person. Right. So it was it it was a tap dance that we had to very carefully um do to make I think you did a good job with it. I thought they had really nice chemistry. Yeah, it's they nice were that really it, sweet together. Yeah, it's nice that it was actually filmed in New York. I liked his fiance. I thought that she was good and they had a, a nice chemistry together. And that they uh, were best friends. So it was yeah, like yeah. It was the next logical step for them, but it was almost a business arrangement. So that mm-hmm. was what that was what made it work and didn't make either of them feel like it was like, we're doing it for the family and we're doing it for our business. And, and because we care about each other so much, we want to give Mm -hmm. each other what we want, what they, what the other ones. Yeah. And I like that she was presented with like two good choices that she could make. She could either go and do like the braver choice and go to England and do the choreography, or she could stay in New York and run the dance studio, which was also right. a good choice. Um, she wasn't put in this, like either stay in the city 
and be a terrible person or move to the country. You know, so often right. is the they were case. both, yeah, they were both good options for her. And I really love the whole scene when they're, you know, dancing in the fountain. That was really good. Yeah. That was very good. So I was there that day. On oh, set. you were? Yeah. Oh, wow. Nice. That was in Victoria. That uh-huh. shot, um, they shot like a day or two days in New York City. And it was just one and two, which the number one was Becca, number two mm-hmm. was Niall. And then the producer, the director, and the DP. That was it. They had five people. They did no lighting. They like shipped the wardrobe to them. They shot them walking into real Central Park. And then inside the park and the pond was in Victoria. Yeah. It was good though. It was good. So they did a really yeah. great job with that, um, mm-hmm. making it look, you know doing a shot on the Brooklyn bridge and just telling people, Hey, will you sign a release? So we didn't have to have a bunch of extras and trying yeah. to do it so that they didn't show people's faces as they were walking and stuff. Yeah. It was really, it looked really good. Yeah. All right, yeah. Megan. Well, what's your number 10? So I have that one on my list. So do I tell you? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, going forward, we'll just, Sorry. we'll just do that one later, but yeah, if you have it or, or later on the list, just say, and then we can talk about so it. Just, so stop you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, got so, it. Okay, sorry. That was, so what do you have at 10? Okay, I have Double Holiday at 10 with okay. uh, Christopher Palaha and Carly Pope. Uh, I just thought this was a really fun way to, you know, get Hanukkah into the, you know, Christmas countdown. I thought they're both great. I really love Christopher Paloha and all the movies in all Hallmark movies. I just think he does a really good mm-hmm. job. Yeah. I liked that they kind of, you know, it was kind of that they didn't like each other at first, but it was more that they just didn't like each other, or not that they didn't like each other, but just that their kind of work, their work relationship was a little um, kind of fiery, I guess you would say. And so I liked that. I thought it was a good way yeah. to kind of transition he into- He was uptight and yeah. it's all business. And Chris said to me, I want to, I want to just like poke the bear. I want to poke the bear. I was like, poke the bear, go for it. He's so good. They both, and Carly, I absolutely adore. She hasn't done another Hallmark since because now she's on Pretty Little Liars, Mm -hmm. but she um, is the two of them together. Just like even watching dailies, you, you see that they have so much life in between the lines that you can see the wheels turning in their head and, and not as actors, they're characters. And they're both, that was a fantastic experience. Yeah. I love that. And that's what I'll say when I say my favorites, mm-hmm. you know, what my favorite movies are, it's always because of the experience sure. of making the movie more than the actual movie itself. Yeah. Um, that, it, that is really where my favorites come in. Do you always watch the movies or do you sometimes not? I always, I watch okay. every single minute of dailies because sometimes when it comes to the cut, I'll say there was a, there was a funnier take of this or mm. can we do that? Or, you know, and sometimes they listen to me and sometimes they go, great, thanks. Goodbye. You know, <laughs> thanks for your input. We're going to do what we want. Yeah. So they don't always listen to me, but I watch right. every minute of dailies and, um, a lot of the time I need to know what's been shot, where it's been shot, what it looks like, because let's say a movie is running long. 
we need to cut some scenes. I need to know what's already in the can. What can I cut that's coming up that we uh-huh. are just not even going to shoot because mm-hmm. we don't have the time or we're short. So yeah. what has, what's already been shot? What locations do we have on what day with what actors that I can throw a new scene in there? And so I'm following along with the production. I usually go up for a couple of days because of COVID haven't been able to always go up but on a lot of my recent movies, but I follow along from home. Mm-hmm. Got it. Well, I have double holiday at number five uh, and I, I really did enjoy it. I thought that it got unfairly scrutinized as a, uh, as, what did they say? Um, a Christmas Hallmark, uh, I mean, a Christmas uh, Hanukkah movie. But to me, I felt like both holidays were respected and they spent a lot of time uh, with her family going over the various prayers and the various things. Mm-hmm. I think what is hard about and you can, I'm sure, elaborate on this, uh, Nina, but it seems like to me what is harder about writing a Hanukkah movie for Hallmark versus Christmas movie is it's way easier to detach the religious part of Christmas right. than it is to detach the religious part of Hanukkah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, where, I mean, obviously the religious part is important in Christmas, but you can easily just talk about Santa and talk about all the other things right. that have no real Christian meaning. Um, whereas I think that's harder. And so it makes it a little bit harder to do these kind of secularized holiday films about Hanukkah and also for me growing up Jewish Mm -hmm. um and now I'm married to a Christian so we get to do both right um it's Christmas just always seemed like more fun there was just more activities festivals things songs even like Hanukkah it always makes me think of this like Will Ferrell SNL sketch where he does this Hanukkah album and every song is like Hanukkah is fun like it's super monotone it's very you know that's sort of what Hanukkah isn't as festive and fun and also when it's Hallmark this is countdown to Christmas right yeah so I didn't want to tell, I wanted to tell a Hanukkah story with the backdrop of Christmas Yeah, and Christmas being sort of the secondary thing Mm -hmm. that we still had some of those elements, but this was really about her family and their traditions. And for me, that's how my family celebrates. So we're not super religious. We don't go to temple. It's about the food and getting together is all about food for us Jews, but you know, it's all, it's all about the traditions yeah. and the fun of the traditions. And that's what I wanted to portray. I think you did a good job. I thought Me it was, too. I mean, I, I wasn't was the biggest fan of, of the Hanukkah movie this last year. I, everybody else seemed to love it more than me, but I, I appreciated that this one, it felt like sort of the explaining of Hanukkah was more natural to, they were, they were just, teaching Christopher Ploha about different prayers and the different things like that. And then when he gives the prayer at the end, that was showing he was paying attention and that he cared. And 
I normally do not like party planning movies. They are very boring usually to me. Um, but this one, it worked because it was really just a tool to get them working together and them to get him in into her world. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, For yeah. Him, because that was what I wanted rather than a Jewish girl who has to, you know, adapt to Christmas. I yeah. wanted it to be a Christian person who had to adapt to Hanukkah. Yeah. They did one yeah. on Lifetime a couple of years ago where it was exact it was exactly the wrong kind of where they they're supposedly giving each other lessons on Christmas slash Hanukkah. I'm like, oh. everybody knows what a menorah is. Come on. Like you don't need, I mean, right. I mean, it's like, like the basics. People know the basics. They yeah. know dreidel. They know, you know, yeah. they don't know much yeah. about it, but yeah. Yeah. Well, my number nine is Annie Claus is coming to town. Do you have that on yours, Megan? Okay. I haven't seen that one. Yeah. So it's really fun. I mean, there's Second not that many ever. There's not that many whimsical Hallmark movies. That's what the, the people that don't watch the movies think that we're like all about Santa all the time. But it's actually kind of rare that you actually get like Santa Claus in and one of the movies. And that was really early. That was yeah. my second movie. And very early, they were willing. Now they want things that are grounded in reality. And I think there could be, you know, a little more fun i've tried to pitch things and i'm hopeful that they'll buy something that has a little um more magic mm. i think it's okay i don't yeah. think it all has to be grounded we can suspend disbelief for christmas yeah i think it's fun to have a little bit of whimsy uh yeah. and this does and she's they so cute do they did it with the one where candace goes back in time Correct. and they do it with the you know the True. body switch they do it with candace yeah. <laughs> yeah they do it with candace you're so right <laughs> Um, but I, I like this one. I like Sam Page and uh, Maria Thayer. Uh, she's really good. Yeah. She's very cute. And yeah. Vivica Fox, you can't go wrong with her. Uh, this is a charming little uh, holiday film, I would say. Today's episode of the podcast is sponsored by W-Rated, the podcast where we willingly watch the world's worst-rated movies. Join me, Daisy. And me, Claire, as we break down the IMDb Bottom 100, choosing a different film from the list every episode. We take a deep dive into the plot, production, release, and reviews, usually with a special guest, to uncover if these films are truly as bad as everyone says they are. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, Good Pods, and anywhere else you find your podcasts. You have it nine, Megan. For number nine, I have Operation Christmas from 2016. Yeah, I don't um, have that on so mine. Another Christmas movie. Uh, there, I just love this movie. I, I am a stepmom, and I married my husband when he had two kids, and so I just I love when there's movies about blended families. And I didn't have kids, like biological kids, but I really enjoyed the relationship between the kids and how they liked each other too. And I thought um, I love the skiing sequence because I also am like a horrible skier. <laughs> I like I've almost died from skiing yeah. several times. So <laughs> I like really related to that. And then I just thought that the way they disconnected and the way they kind of lost touch felt really real. Like that yeah. would, that could happen. I love when he drops the phone in the water. Um, so I just thought, yeah, it's a really cute movie. It's, you know, Christmas and I, I really like it a lot. Yeah, yeah, I, I have to give 
I have to give a okay. So that movie was probably four or five years from concept to screen. Wow. A long time. I have to give credit for that final cut to Donald Martin, who wrote the last draft of that movie, because this movie was originally supposed to shoot at Disneyland. Oh. The original concept, and they flew out from Florida, the Disney Parks people, they took me and Craig Anderson and Jamie Goring, our producers around Disneyland, they showed us everything they wanted, like everywhere we could shoot. Well, it was gonna be about two families meeting on vacation. Wow. And it was going to be act one and act eight at the time. There were eight acts. Act one and act eight were both going to be shot at Disneyland. It's going to be a military reunion story that was going to happen on the um, the uh, Jungle Cruise, like that. <laughs> and then the Disney deal fell apart. Oh man, that would have been so cool. Devastated, devastated. <laughs> And so then it just became, we were like, okay, so they meet on vacations. We'll do it in Whistler. And so then they flew me up to Whistler so that I could see and we could look at locations and we could come up with all this stuff. So then it went through a whole new incarnation. And I probably wrote five drafts of that movie. Wow. And then it was this military story trying to be a rom-com and it didn't work as a rom-com. They were like, we have to change this and make this a drama because it just doesn't work. And it with Disneyland, it worked as sort of a rom-com vibe because we had Disneyland. And there is that element of fun and, and it sure. didn't work anymore. So Donald Martin who's very prolific drama writer came on board and he wrote the last draft and the production draft when they changed it to a drama. And a lot of that is his work. He kept a lot of my work in there, but he's a really phenomenal writer. So I can't take full credit for that. The story is mine. And the um, a lot of stuff in there is mine, but a lot of that is Donald too. Well, see, and you've been on the other side of that when you've been rewriting for uh done rewrites. everyone sometimes yeah. you're too close to something and it's just it's not clicking that's what happened with christmas and tahoe some other writers wrote the final draft of that because i was so focused on i had all that stuff i had mrs miracle and it all happened at the same time and so mm-hmm. i didn't write the last draft of christmas and tahoe and I finished Mrs. Miracle and then I have been hired to rewrite many times. And there's probably a few on your list that, you know, I can say I can take credit for a lot of these things, but some of them have been not one single word that the original writer put in there is still in there. And some of them it's like, like, oh, this gave me a great roadmap and I know exactly how to fix it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, my number eight is stop the wedding. Uh, yeah, I have that. Where do you have that one? I have that one. Um, number two. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll talk about it later then, but yeah, it's, Sorry. A, it's a fun, no, it's, it's a fun one. What do you have at eight? Eight. I have never kissed a man in a Christmas sweater. Very <laughs> <Yeah>. good. <laughs> yeah. I, I love this one with Ashley Williams. Um, I just think when she runs in to him with the Christmas tree 
It's just one of the, the laugh out loud moments. It's just she so funny. I mean, yeah, she is. She is so funny. Yeah. Yeah. She, I, even just like watching the dailies, I was like, ah, I just laughed out loud every take. She's so she's just got that comedy chops. I want her and I love her. I want her in everything. She's amazing. And she would call me and say, can we come up with a different joke here or a different joke there? And we'd kind of riff on things and stuff and come up with an alt take. And she'd be like, great. All right. I'm going to go shoot it. And then hang up. It was, it, she was awesome. Yeah. I've, yeah, she seems great. I've like listened to interviews with her and yeah, it seems like she takes all of her parts like very, not like, I want to say seriously, but then she's so funny, but she takes every, like she puts all of her heart, I think in everything she does. I and it really that's her in life too. Yeah. I think she's just, she's going to be a really phenomenal director. She's just directed a couple of things, but she's, that's, that's what she's kind of taking off in. And she's mm -hmm. really going to be top notch. Yeah. That'll yeah. be great. Yeah. Uh, well, my number seven is flip that romance. Hmm. Oh, we didn't talk about stop the wedding. Yeah, we will. Is... When she, cause she has it. Oh, she it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. do you have flip that romance? I do not. Okay, perfect. Um, so you always got to love Tyler Hines. Uh, he's super swoon worthy. Uh, and, uh, this was a fun concept. I thought the idea yeah. of, of, uh, them both renovating, uh, one side of, uh, the duplex that was clever, cute, uh, yeah, great. It was, I was hired to rewrite that one. Okay. Great kiss in this one. Mm -hmm. You know, or you think she's going to take the phone call and she puts I, her phone. <laughs> down. I was like, I need to do the fake. I just wanted to take the tropes and kind of flip it on yeah. its flip it on its ear. And I said, I gotta do where you think it's gonna be an interrupted kiss. And then she's like, forget the phone. Like when Tyler Hines wants to kiss you, you go. You don't yeah. who cares who's on the phone. I don't care if God is on the phone. <laughs> I happen to be live tweeting when that with this one and the internet exploded at that moment it was so it was like oh my gosh because <laughs> usually you don't get a kiss in the middle of the movie anyway but for her right. to not do the near kiss and to reject the phone call because i've always said cell phones are the thief of love uh <laughs> i love that yeah that, that, uh, that was great it was a great that shows up in a moment. script someday <laughs> rachel wagner okay, that's okay <laughs> You have my permission um but uh but they had good i i just feel like tyler finds a way to have chemistry with every single person he's ever I worked know. with i i got the stuff and julie yeah. i can't say enough good things about julie she's yeah she's great delightful and, and talented and stunning and just such mm -hmm. a good person and i just can't i can't say enough good things yeah we joke on the the podcast that you can pull somebody off of the street and be like you're in a tyler hines movie amazing chemistry yeah oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. so uh it's a it's a fun one so that's my number seven what do you have at seven megan so this is one that i hadn't seen that i looked up uh once i knew we were doing this and it's called lucky in love okay and yeah. it has uh jessica i don't know how to say her last name sure sure she was on gossip girl yeah and i just I just thought this one was so fun because they do a lot of those movies where 
you kind of get everything you want, but sometimes it's like in a dream or it's not real. Whereas this is like in her real life, she got everything she wanted and then sort of realized, you know, what, what she actually wanted. Um, so I just thought that was really cool. I just thought like the premise of it and sort of the moral of the story of like, you think, you know, once I get that job, once I get married, once I have a boyfriend, once I graduate from college, whatever that, no, then my life will just be. Yeah. <laughs> and it just never is really like that. And you, you're just kind of always living your life and trying to, you know, make the most of it and be appreciative of like who you have around you. I just really thought it was uh, well-written and had a really good story behind it. I wrote that one with one of my very best friends. Oh, yeah. When it's fun yeah, that wrote, it's a April Fool's movie. We yeah, you never get that. Movies. Yeah. Yeah. And we, it was one of the, it was one of the fastest sales I've ever had because oh, yeah. they don't get April Fool's movies. Yeah. And so we came up with this idea and we pitched it to Bart Fisher, who's one of the executives over there. And I said, I got an April Fool's movie. And he was like, what is it? <laughs> they bought it so fast. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cute. That's a good one. And All right, my number my best friends. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. My number six is playing Cupid. That's my number six. Ah, perfect. Ah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh this, I mean, I do have to say it is not Emma at all, but <laughs> I can put oh, that I aside. Don't know why they promoted it that way. The <laughs> book was the book called itself like a modern day Emma for teenagers. <laughs> but yeah, it was the, we changed the book so much because it was a, a YA book they yeah. had did a deal with Scholastic where they took these books and they made it sort of a dual entry so that it was like adults and kids mm-hmm. and so we had to change a lot yeah like the, they did that with them you're making me crazy as well yeah did yeah. they only do two Scholastics maybe they only did two yeah maybe um, but, they were going to do a bunch of them and then I don't know what happened, but, but I, I can, I can set that aside. It, it does, it does annoy me when Hallmark does Jane Austen fraud, because I would just, I'd love if they actually did like a real adaptation of Jane Austen. Right, they, right, right. I know. But I know. anyway, I don't really care about that. I know how um, you feel about pride, prejudice, and misery. <laughs> yeah, that's not on my list. Like, nothing like the book, you know, <laughs> Melissa de la Cruz writes these sort of edgy books and we took it and we were like, we can't make this for Hallmark. Yeah. So I'm like, why did you guys even buy it? I mean, like, she should be doing stuff for HBO Max. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I didn't love that book and I didn't, I mean, I love Pride and Prejudice, but not her book. Right, right, right. Uh, it wasn't I, for I me. Like Melissa's writing. I think that Melissa's really, really talented. Mm-hmm. It's just for the Hallmark brand. Yeah. Um, not a great fit. It, it's she's edgy. I want to make a Melissa, De, a real Melissa De La Cruz movie. Well, yeah. And I just feel like if you're thinking about who could play a convincing Mr. Darcy archetype as a woman, you don't pick Lacey Chabert. Like, she's sweet and wonderful and, and lovely. Like I think Jessica Loundis, who was also in a, they, they're not really Pride and Prejudice. Oh, that was the Pemberley one. Right? Yeah. Like she's yeah, way more like, ed, there's more edge Jessica Loundis yeah, she's than harder. Lacey Chabert. She's yeah. definitely harder. Like just, yeah. just sort of a harder look. Yeah. But anyway, playing Cupid, I really enjoyed. I thought that they had very nice chemistry. I liked the fact she was the school teacher and there was kind of that whole element. I, the little girl was 
you know, really cute. That was her first part ever. Mia yeah, Farrell. she she did great. First role ever. She did so good. I love the Ain't No Mountain High Enough whole scene. Uh, I wrote every version of that script that I turned in. I was like, this is the version where they cut the song. I think right. I told you this or I told somebody, yeah. this, is the, this is the version of the script where they cut that song. Yeah. This is the version where they cut that song. They this really song. needed it. So I'm glad they kept it. <laughs> and they paid for it because it's not yeah. cheap. To, no. You know, music is expensive. And I was like, ah, okay. I didn't put any other songs really in it. So <laughs> yeah. So it, it is my number six. Uh, what, what made you put it number six, Megan? So I really liked the way that the female part was written. I think sometimes in Hallmark, we just get these like either super intense type A women Mm -hmm. or we get like super bubbly, like I'm the captain of the cheer squad. And she just felt like a little bit more realistic and more kind of in between. She just felt real. Um, And I, you know, I like those characters too, but I just, I, I could, I felt like she was more real than we get sometimes in Hallmark movies. Yeah. She was, I think she Laura, was the actress, is very real and very mm-hmm. grounded too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, my number five is Double Holidays. We already talked about that. What's your number five, Megan? Mine's uh, Mrs. Miracle Christmas. Mm. So like I love the original. I love the original one, so I was really excited to bring it back. And I just thought it was a really real movie. You know, co-parenting. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. That's it. Was just. I like the part like she didn't have her biological children she had gone through loss and Mm -hmm. I liked that the um that Mrs. Miracle's daughter was like maybe an angel it kind of had that little magic that we were talking about Mm -hmm. that is sometimes fun for Christmas um I thought Carolyn it was a Caroline or Carolyn Caroline Caroline um obviously I was a big fan of hers from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. So I was excited you know, to funny. She her. told me, she said to me for 30 years or whenever, I don't remember when, 25 years, she's been Aunt, is it Aunt Hilda? I don't remember is her name exactly. She said for 25 years, I've been Aunt Hilda. And all of a sudden now people are like, Mrs. Miracle. Mrs. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah that... I thought it was great. Yeah, I really, and I liked the throw in about her car, um, that yeah. tie in, and I just, I loved it, and I hope to see mm-hmm. more. I mean, that one well, was pretty I emotional. Think your hopes are not going to go on it. Uh, was that hard <laughs> uh, to to write to go to like a full on drama? Um, for that, yeah, no, because I felt like we were sort of navigating two movies. We had when we had uh Mrs. Miracle and Nana together that was our comedy and then when we had um Steve and um Caitlin's characters together I can't even think of all their names there's been so many movies we had Steve (laughs) and Caitlin together that was sort of our drama and so we were able to yeah it was more dramatic and they did like let me go there with the adopt because the book Debbie Maycomber's books Sometimes they're light and fluffy, but sometimes they deal with really heavy issues. And this one, we kept pretty close to the book. We didn't change a lot. We mm-hmm. um, wanted to deal with adoption. The one thing that I felt very strongly about on this one that I wanted to do is everybody wants to adopt a baby. And in foster care, there are thousands, hundreds of thousands of older kids that just never get adopted. So I wanted them to not get a baby. I wanted mm-hmm. them 
to get an older child, to adopt an older child. And Hallmark was all in on that. They were like, absolutely. And so I felt like we got to shine a light on some real issues that people go through. Infertility. Mm -hmm. I had friends who fostered to adopt and got really attached to these babies and thought it was going to be their forever baby. And then right before the adoption happened, ended up having to, they are all about reunification and foster care. So even if they, you think that the mom or the dad or whoever doesn't have their, their act together, they'll go back and people Mm -hmm. have had their hearts broken in the process. And I wanted to also show that that's not the story every time. Like foster care can have a happy ending too. I didn't want it to be, oh, they got their hearts broken by foster care. And then she got pregnant, you know, like right. they got their hearts broken by foster care. And then eventually they got their hearts healed by foster care. Yeah. 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 And that must be nice as a writer to be able to not just do the same kinds of scripts to be able to have some variety in your writing yeah. too. And that yeah. one, when I was writing it and when we were de- developing it and stuff, it just felt different. Mm-hmm. It felt like they, they also were at a place where they were like, oh no, go there. Because mm-hmm. for a long time, everything had to be right here. There were no high highs, no, no, no low lows. And now they're like, let's go on a roller coaster yeah. ride. Like, let's do it. Yeah. And so it was right about that time when I was writing the script that they were like, yeah, you want to go there? Let's go there. Yeah. I mean, if they're going to have 40 plus movies, you should have some variety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's good. We'd like to take a second from this episode of the podcast to celebrate our sponsor of this episode. And that is the Hallmarkies Patreon. Do you love Hallmarkies podcast? Do you want an inside scoop into what happens on the podcast? Do you want early access to episodes and loads of cool perks? Now is the time to become a patron of Hallmarkies podcast. By becoming a patron, you get to access our patron Facebook group. You can request episodes or even be a guest on the podcast. And most importantly, any patron can join our monthly movie watch-alongs with stars like Paul Campbell, Natalie Hall, and more. It's as low as $2 a month to join in and become a special part of the Hallmarkies family. Please consider, and we will love you forever. Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. My number four is Destination Wedding. Mm. And we had you on for uh, our Patreon watch along for this uh, a couple of months ago. Oh, that's and my number four too. What's that? That's my number four too. Oh, perfect. Uh, yeah, this one's a lot of fun. Normally I'm not a big fan of Bridezilla's in uh, these movies, but I think maybe it's just because it's Andrew Brooks and I like her so much. <laughs> I kind of give it a as bit a of a pass. And I, I just saw her as sort of like flighty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Andrea played her that way. Yeah. And I just really liked the chemistry between Alexa and Jeremy and, uh, you know, I'm a big sucker for the ocean and I, I liked the story. I thought it was cute. Um, so that was why I had it. Number four. Uh, what about you, Megan? Yeah, same. I just thought, you know, it was really pretty good chemistry. I like the plot. I like um, Alexa. She's really great. Yeah. 
So if we're talking about one of my favorites, I would absolutely say that's one of my favorites um, because of the experience. We spent mm-hmm. a week with all these people in Mexico. We had so much fun, became dear friends. And um, Liz Yost, our network exec and her family were there. And we just had a blast making this movie. And Carlucci, who's one of my very favorite producers to work with. It was just all around a great, experience and we were at this resort in mexico i mean you can't beat that right Mm -hmm. well and i feel like this one is close to like feature film worthy like the script is i think really solid on this one yeah yeah it was a fun one to write i had Mm -hmm. a lot of fun writing it and and i couldn't have been i couldn't have asked for a better cast yeah. and and to bring these wonderful people into my life was also really awesome and it was my first carlos was there with ocean ocean was like 3 or 4 months old oh. and it was my first time meeting carlos and alexa and um, then we went on to make another movie together so yeah. that was fun all right well my number 3 is uh, another one you've done a watch along for it's pumpkin pie wars is my number three so you have it too yeah i have that as my number one. Oh, oh. number one all right <laughs> all right um well i just i just think this is really cute i mean sure like romeo and juliet in the pie world but yeah i'm i'm, I'm a fan <laughs> and i wrote it and we did it at a time where there weren't a lot of bake-off they hadn't done a yeah. lot of bake-off movies or cooking restaurant you know there just hadn't been a ton of that at the time so it was very different and fresh and it was about two people keeping a secret rather than the tension being between the two of them the tension was them together against other people and it just felt a little bit different in that sense in the way yeah. it all played out yeah. And they had good chemistry and the, uh, the, the whole sort of journey with the two moms forgiving each other was very cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do you have at three, Megan? I have love at first dance. Oh, very good. Which you already talked about. And I have this, I have a cute kind of personal story. So this one time my grandma was visiting and, um, she was at my aunt's house in San Francisco and I went over there and she was watching this movie, love at first dance. And I was like, Oh, you watch homework grandma. Like I watch homework. She's like, yeah, have you seen this one? It's so good. The dancing. And I was like, Oh yeah, of course I've seen this one. (laughs) And so we like totally bonded over homework movies. And now we like text each other, like our favorite over the holidays and stuff. So it's just like a, a good memory. Not only is it a good movie, but it's just like, it just goes to show like these movies bring people together. And I think, Oh, I love grandma. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She really liked this one because she likes the dancing. Yeah. And I, I like, I mean, Becca is, I think originally a dancer. I think she was on Broadway. Yeah. Um, so her dancing is just really on point in this one. And yeah, yeah, we needed somebody who could dance. Right. Yeah. Niall didn't have to because He's learning. Supposed to be really bad at it. Yeah, <laughs> that was fine. But we needed, we needed with Becca, we needed somebody who could dance, and she's a delight, and she yeah. was wonderful to work with. Well, my number two is coming home for Christmas, and I think that this one. I remember when we had you on, uh, and you talked about how you were trying to do kind of a Sabrina type mm-hmm. story and I think yeah. you succeeded in that well, and- I read the book and I pitched it to the producers that we were talking to I read uh, the book from uh, Jenny Hale. Hale and 
I was like, I found this book. It's Sabrina. It's Sabrina. I, yeah. I, it's, I that's, I, I want to make this movie. And so we ended up doing it. Yeah. 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 And I, you know, I love Andrew Francis. Neil's great. I know. And uh, that brought me and Danica together. Yeah. And then we, that the Dollywood, then we made the Dollywood together. And now she's, um, at GIC. So I don't know if we'll ever make our Dollywood sequel, but oh. <laughs> I don't know that. Um, yeah, I don't know, but, uh, but yeah, I, I just thought this was really good. You've got the same grandma that was in um, Destination Wedding that's in this. She's always Paula Shaw. Paula Shaw is always my grandma. And she emailed me recently and she's like, you need a grandma? I'm available. (laughs) (laughs) She's been a grandma now in three of my movies, Mrs. Miracle, Destination Wedding, and Coming Home for Christmas. She was Pippa. She's amazing. She's just the real deal. She's so fantastic. So you had stopped the wedding, Megan, at two, right? Yes. Okay. So now we can talk about it. Yay. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, but yeah, this is really an interesting movie for Hallmark because you kind of have the two lead characters doing something kind of unlikable for a lot of the movie. I mean, they're trying to break up this seemingly lovingly uh, couple uh, yeah. that they don't like because that's why we tried to reasons. make it like, Oh, he's a womanizer. He's like, you know, like mm-hmm. they were doing things for the right reasons. And that was another one that there was a lot of, you know, treading a very fine line, but well, I think it makes it special. It makes it memorable because you do have characters that feel a little bit more grounded and flawed and interesting and, yeah. you know, that we can relate to. And, and uh their chemistry it was really great uh and i don't know why do you have it at two uh, megan so this is one of those movies that i sometimes you know you you record one you really looking forward to it and then other times you just turn on the hallmark channel and watch whatever's on and this is one of those where i started watching it like halfway through and i was like this one's really good how have i never seen it so i like you know made sure to record it next time. And I just, I love Rachel Boston. Obviously she's great. Um, I do, I think it's, I think it is kind of realistic that if your aunt was all gonna marry this movie star after like a few months, you would be concerned. And there's, it's just, it's funny, it's cute. Yeah. I think um, Alan Thicke is just so funny in it. Oh, like, and he- He is so funny. Oh, he's so funny. And every take he would just say something different. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> or he, he, you know, he would be, he'd just be riffing. And I think they were just saying something like totally, um, like, like normal be like, was it this or was it that? I think it was this. No, maybe it was that. And, you know, and he's like, oh, it's our first fight. And then he'd just like, and probably be like, we're going to have makeup sex later. And, you know, there were all <laughs> these things on the dailies that you would look at and you'd just be like, oh my God, just laughing. He was so funny just super inappropriate hilarious things he was a treasure and that that was kind of heartbreaking yeah it was Uh, one of the last things he did right yeah and I mean he didn't it wasn't that long after we made that movie that he passed away maybe a year later yeah Mm -hmm. um and it also brought me Rachel Boston brought Mm -hmm. her into my life and she's one of my dearest friends now and so that you know, the, again, the experiences of just like 
meeting her and mm-hmm. being on set and meeting Alan Thicke and, you know, getting, getting to work with these people that just bring so much joy to your mm-hmm. life. That one, that one was really special to me. And that was Niall's very first Hallmark movie ever. Oh, really? Nobody knew who he was. Wow. He'd been on some Canadian show and our director had worked with him and she, um, she was like, there's this actor and um, I think he'd be really good for this part. And, and nobody knew because he was Canadian. They didn't know who he was. He had never done anything like even supporting and then getting bumped up to right. the guy. Mm-hmm. He'd never done anything. And everybody looked at him and saw the pictures and saw his tape and were like, wow, okay, <laughs> let's go there. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's so interesting because now he's like a hallmark He's one of yeah. he's one of their yeah. very favorites, and then totally. you know, getting him to be um, in Aurora as Candace's love interest is a pretty big deal. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, my number one, I really debated because I'm thinking, is this just recency bias? Is this really my favorite? But I really think it is because you know me, I you know I love music, you know I love Broadway. Uh, I'm a huge Santino Fontana fan. Uh, so I had to go with just one kiss. I think it's the best thing you've ever written. I knew I really you were do. going to. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so good. I absolutely loved the whole uh, twist with the mother. That was brilliant. And the first time that I watched it, I didn't even realize what was happening. I could totally worked for me, this the twist. Yeah. Then the second time I was paying attention, I'm like, oh, they didn't actually talk in that scene. I thought they talked in that scene. Like when she's picking yeah. out the dress. That was my goal. Yeah, it was very, so, very well done. Again, I can't take full credit for the story. Mm. The story, the idea was... Um, Oh my gosh, I'm blanking on their names. These, uh, were, were these other writers, and I was hired to um, come on. And it it's a tough one to make it work. It's a hard movie. These writers were brand new to Hallmark mm-hmm. and um, hadn't written for them before, and just it needed it just it just needed a little bit of help. So they brought me on. I read the script and I was like, I get it. I see it. Um, And they're very good, but I know what it needs to make it work in this universe, in this Hallmark universe. And the other thing that was really tricky was the dead moms that, you know, I, I wrote notes as I was reading the scripts. Like I wrote notes where I was like, why do, th- why are they never in any scenes with their moms? And if that note was coming up for me, then I felt like, okay, we need, we need moments where you think they're in scenes. Yeah. So I went back and I watched the sixth sense and I was like, how <laughs> do they do this? Yeah. Because that was a movie that we all went, wait, what? And yeah. we all went back and we were like, he was at the anniversary dinner with his wife and he's, you know, so I went back and I watched all the scenes where you thought he was interacting with people where he wasn't, or he's just sitting there and the mother's having a conversation, all those scenes that I was like, okay, people talk to their dead relatives all the time, just like laying on the couch, just going, Oh mom, what can I do? Like, I wish you were here to tell me, but you don't say the line. I wish you were here to tell me because she's in the room, you know? So it seems like they're having a conversation. So I, it was, 
another one that was tricky because my intention was I want people to go back and watch this and go, wait a minute and go back and watch it and go, oh, okay. You nailed it. I think I thought it was great. And all the scenes on the, uh, on the rooftop were so good. I just oh love that. So Maybe my favorite kiss yeah. ever yeah. that I've ever put in one of my movies. So it's that so scene just, um, and I thought that Jeff Beasley, our director, did a fantastic job um, uh, directing it. And I have to say that as we were writing this, as we were working on this, and it all happened really, really fast because Aisha Francis, our um, network exec, wanted to make this movie she's like I love the script but it just needs something and we're not getting there so she came brought it to me and I was like I love it too I know what to do it all happened very quickly you know three drafts later we were in production like a, you know a couple months later and it was one of those things where you need an Italian who's charming who can sing is there anybody else besides <laughs> Fantino Fontana to do this role? And his name came up really early on. And I told him this because when I was in New York recently, I saw him and mm-hmm. I said, because I couldn't go up on set. Our director got COVID on day one. Oh my of gosh. Shooting. And so they closed the set and I could, I didn't get to go. And so I saw him and Krista both when I went to New York a couple of weeks ago. And um, I wrote that part for him. Like I couldn't get him out of my head. Yeah. There was nobody else. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the part was already developed ish by the other writers. They mm-hmm. had already created this guy, but I made Santino Fontana the guy, you know, yeah. it was, and Krista, I can't say enough good things about Krista. I mean, she is every moment is there's truth and there's a decision behind it and there's a motivation for it and she is a star and i thought ava grace did an incredible job too as the daughter make you cry because she yes she was so good just watching her we love her on one calls the heart but this was like her first teenage role i felt like yeah she crushed it did really good we knew when we were making it and we couldn't stop, you know, we weren't patting ourselves on the back so much, but we were all just like, this is really, really special. And again, credit to the original writers for coming up with this story. It was Diane, Robin, and David Rialli are their names. And, you know, they came up with this concept. And so huge props to them for this Mm -hmm. because they brought it to to existence and then i just kind of pushed well and it was obviously shot on a lot and i think that that actually gave it kind of an old-fashioned like doris day rock hudson kind of a feel that was what we wanted to do and there was this dream sequence in the original script that was like a bunch of different things and a bunch of different things and i said to aisha if we're doing because we really struggled over like what do we want this dream sequence to be and with the dream sequence was oh, yeah because the there were all those dreams of it was fears your fears come out in your dreams so at first it seems like it's this beautiful fantastic dream and then all of a sudden it's like oh no it's a nightmare and so we were t- we talked about it a lot and we said because there's so much 
credence on movies and they're in these old movie theaters and and in the original it was his girl friday and then they changed it to penny serenade which i don't know penny serenade i don't know that movie but i guess that's the clip that they got um but we wanted to sort of pay homage to the old black and white movies and the dream and i said what if the dream is a black and white movie and she was like yes that's perfect yeah yeah that worked really well yeah. And then uh, uh, Jeff Beasley called me. He goes, okay, here's the deal. You don't put Fred Astaire in a movie and not have him dance. I was like, okay. Fat. <laughs> and he said, we got, Chris has got to sing. We found the song. Here's a clip. Put it in the dream. <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. Done. Yeah, she's a really good singer. I first saw her on that Halston show. Did you see if she played? Oh, yeah. She yeah, played she played Liza Vanelli. Yeah, Liza Vanelli. And I first saw her on Smash, which I oh, love hated because yeah. um, everybody love hated it. Um, <laughs> but I first saw her on that. And then I saw her like in Spring Awakening on Broadway. And I had seen her. I knew who she was over the years. And we have a really good friend in common. So um, I knew who she was but I had never worked with her and she is, she's really a special old soul, amazing person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd like to see her in more Hallmark movies mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I would love, love, love to find something that we can just develop for her. That's mm -hmm. like just plays to all of her strengths because she's so, so good. I think she'd be good in a mystery. She can do it yeah. all. You yeah. know, I feel like she yeah. has that like kind of, like she'd be a good miss for one of the mysteries. I think a good match for her would be Will Kemp mm. because he's a great dancer. He's, oh, yeah. uh, he's charming. Yeah. I think you could do a really fun with him, but, uh, but Megan, what is your number one? Well, my number one is pumpkin pie wars. Yeah. <laughs> I oh, have seen right. this yeah. movie so many times. <laughs> I, I mean, it really has it all. It's like, you know, feuding mothers, Bake Off. I also, I'm just one of those people who loves pumpkin. I have this like pumpkin recipe, chocolate chip pumpkin cookies. I make Ooh, every fun. year. That's yeah. Hungry. <laughs> it's a recipe <laughs> from my call, my college, my college boyfriend's mother used to send them to us. And then she finally gave me the recipe. Um, the relationship didn't last, but the cookies <laughs> are still around <laughs> every year. Um, but yeah, I just love them. I love Julie. I think she's so sweet in the movie. And I agree that because they're not the ones actually feuding, the falling in love feels more realistic mm -hmm. than going from like people who actually hate each other. I also love the part that the dads were secretly golfing. That yeah. was so my dad. <laughs> my dad's like, I don't care who you don't like. This guy is going to golf. So I'm going to play yeah. with him. I love that. I just, that was yeah, a tricky I love one too. Cause I were like, can we just make sure it doesn't seem like the dad's having an affair? And I was like, he <laughs> yeah. is, he's having in a golf affair. <laughs> golf affair. Yeah. I just, funny. the whole like bake off and just the small, uh, small town with feuding mothers. It's just, it's so yeah. classic Hallmark. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one. Very good. All right. Well, I you asked. Guys didn't even mention one of my very favorite oh, of yes. all time. Didn't make either of your top 10 lists. And again, this one, I really, really loved the movie. I thought that the movie turned out 
really beautifully, but it was another one that so much of it was the experience and making it and, and the people involved. And that was the last bridesmaid. Yeah. Which is one of my all time favorites because, you know, I was making a movie with two of my dear friends, Rachel Boston, Rachel and I developed it together with Joel Rice, one of, um, one of their very prolific producers that I've done a ton of movies with, and I love working with him. And then bringing Paul Campbell on board, I was like, it has to be Paul because there was a time when I didn't know Paul very well. I had met him a few times and every single guy that I wrote was in Paul's voice. I just, I just knew how he said the words. I knew how he was going to deliver the lines and stuff because I think he is just comedically so insanely gifted. And I was like, this has to be Paul. And then when we got to be really good friends and our families were hanging out a lot and, um, Joel, the producer called me and said, uh, we're making an offer to Paul Campbell. And I was like, can I tell him he is on his way to my house right now? (laughs) And Joel was like, Yes. So (laughs) Paul and Lori and their son Kingston came over that night. And then we called Rachel and she came over and we all ended up having this big like champagne celebration because they were going to be doing this movie together. It was really, it was great. And then being in Canada, making this movie together was so, so much fun. It would be a high honorable mention for me. I I really enjoyed it too. That was one that I had never, I think I've seen like a part of it and I wanted to rewatch it. And that one was really hard to find. I couldn't find it. So that's why it's not, I, uh-huh. I feel like I would love it. Cause I was also, I was the last bridesmaid. I was the last of yeah. my friends <laughs> in college. Yeah. I was the last to get married in my college friends and my high school friends. So I was definitely the last <laughs> bridesmaid. So I really wanted to watch it, but I couldn't find it. So I'll have to, I'll be on the lookout for it. Yeah. <laughs> well, we asked on our Twitter and we got a deluge of responses. Unbelievable. People love you, Nina, so much. Aww, that um, so but... I woke up this morning to all of these comments and I was like, oh, my heart today. It just made me like, oh, my daughter broke her wrist the other day. And I was like, oh, this sucks so bad. And then I got that and I was like, oh, my heart is open again. <laughs> of course you deserve it. Well, here, I'll read some of them. So Brian R. He says, not fair. Double holiday versus just one kiss would probably have to go with just one kiss due to the ghost moms. I could see her laughing out loud as she was writing those lines. Uh, he likes her. She hates him. It's perfect. Yeah. Um, that was yeah. in the original script. Yeah. <laughs> I can't Catherine, take credit for that line. That Catherine was Brooks. In the, a lot of it was me, but that was not me. Oh, can't okay. Yeah. <laughs> so Catherine Brooks says love at first dance. Excellent cast and script. Uh, and Scott says hard to choose flip that romance or playing Cupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terry, Terry flurry heaven says this one's hard three-way tie between just one kiss love at first dance and double holiday. Um, Holly Williams says the trend, the same ones coming up over and over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Alicia Lomas gross says it may be recency bias, but just one kiss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Let's see here. Uh, Sarah Sassy Pants 25 says, I love, love at first dance, flip that romance and the pumpkin pie wars. The pumpkin pie wars was actually the first Hallmark rom-com I ever saw. Normally I only watch this, the serious Hallmark Hall of Fame movies. It won me over to watch year round. Yeah. Uh, a few more. I've done my job. Yeah. 
Linda Larkin says, don't go breaking my heart uh, with it, Italia Ricci and Ryan okay. Peavy and Matthew that James Dowden is my favorite. Today. Yeah. So that was a fun one we didn't talk about. Yeah. Um, Yolanda Lunkin says, oh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of stop the wedding. She says. Um, and Janessa Jones says, coming home for Christmas, close second, stop the wedding. Mm-hmm. So anyway, there's tons. I could go all day. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, well, I love that. And you have that such makes, a good- makes me feel so happy. You have such a good balance of non-Christmas and Christmas because we true. do talk a lot about how it's hard sometimes to write a non-Christmas Hallmark movie that everybody likes. And so you have such a good balance. Like when I read, I was like, this my list is almost half- non-Christmas, which I think is very unique. It's actually easier for me to do the non-Christmas because it's hard to find because I've written so many Christmas movies. It's And there's only so many activities that you can do at Christmas. Like it's hard mm-hmm. to find something that hasn't been done to death and to make it fresh and unique is challenging when I'm it comes sure. to Christmas movies. Yeah, I'm sure. How many cookies can you decorate? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we have a couple comments also on our patron group. Uh, so we want to read those real quick. So okay. Jasmine says, I have two, Just One Kiss and Pumpkin Pie Wars. Uh, Lauren Eagle says, Flip That Romance and Double Holiday are her favorites. Scott Stone says, Pumpkin Pie Wars, Mrs. Miracle and Destination Wedding. Uh, and he says, I hope this poll means we're getting a Nina interview on the podcast soon. <laughs> You're right. Um, and then, uh, Thaddeus, he says, huge Nina Weinman fan here. I particularly <laughs> enjoy her wedding movies because she doesn't usually make them about planning the wedding and avoids the broad bridezilla trope. Here are my favorites. Non-Christmas, just one kiss, the last bridesmaid, pumpkin pie wars, stop the wedding. And I married who? And then for Christmas, Annie Claus is coming to town. Tis the season for love. A Mrs. Miracle Christmas, coming home for Christmas, and Operation Christmas. Aww. There we go. <laughs> Tis the season for love was a great experience, too, mm-hmm. in that movie. It was yeah. my first movie with Ann Carlucci, who's one of my favorite producers. And then um, first time working with Brendan Penny, who I've worked with twice. First time working with Andrew Francis, who I've worked with twice. And then Sarah Lancaster, who I don't know why she hasn't done another one. I love her. Yeah. It's been a while since she did she one. directing though. She was getting more oh, into really? directing. So I, I think that maybe is her focus now. I'm mm. not sure. Well, she's in one of my favorites, uh, with fur crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen that one, but that one's a good one, uh, that she did early yeah. on. It was like fur. 2013. Or something like that. Yeah, I remember it, but I don't think I've seen it. Yeah, I like it because it really gives her clear, clear motivation for why she doesn't like Christmas. Which sometimes you're just like, what is wrong with you? Why does this character not like Christmas? Right. Um, Whereas her family ran a Christmas tree lot, and it took her parents away from her a lot, and they were always busy running the Christmas tree lot. So now when she gets fired from her job and she has to run the Christmas tree lot because her dad gets injured or whatever. So she has to run the Christmas tree lot and she has all this resentment about the Christmas tree lot. And I thought that was a really strong motivation that made yeah. sense for the character. It is. That, would, that would be my dream though, to live on a Christmas tree lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's like literally my dream. And like, to me, I Christmas think about tree it. Lot? It sounds like, oh, you're going to have to like carry heavy stuff. Like me being such an indoor girl. I'm like, oh man, what do you got to carry? I'll just like point. Hey, 
hey, you guys do that. Go pick up that one. They want yeah. that one. I'm the, I'm the front girl. <laughs> well, let's go over our list real quick. Okay. Uh, we, I have Just One Kiss at number one, Coming for Christmas at two, Pumpkin Pie Wars at three, Destination Wedding at four, Double Holiday at five, Playing Cupid at six, Flip That Romance at seven, Stop the Wedding at eight, Annie Claus is Coming to Town at nine, and Love at First Dance at 10. So Megan, what about you? So I start with number one? Yeah. Okay, so number one was Pumpkin Pie Wars. Uh, number two was Stop the Wedding. Number three was Love at First Dance. Number four was Destination Wedding. Number five was A Mrs. Miracle Christmas. Number six, Playing Cupid. Number seven, Lucky in Love. Number eight uh, was Never Kiss a Man in a Christmas Sweater. Number nine was Operation Christmas. And number 10 was Double Holiday. So I think we in end ended up covering almost all of your. Memories. I know. Let's <laughs> see if there's any one that like we that that wasn't on any of the list except for the last bridesmaid that I'm like oh that was like a really special one to me. I don't. No. I think we covered them all. You guys hit all my special ones. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you think of our lists? Our rankings. I um I think they're great. I'm so flattered. I mean, that like, what do I think of your list? I'm like, just so happy that somebody wants to watch my movies. <laughs> and it just, you know what it, you know what it does though? It makes me like really um, thankful that Hallmark keeps coming back yeah. and letting me do this. Like it, it's something that I tried for so many years to make happen and just got no after no after no. And now this is sort of a walk down memory lane of my career in a lot of ways. And it's really um, that sort of dose of, wow, I have a lot to be thankful for and I need to remember that. Well, we're really grateful to you. Like I said, you were our first interview that we ever had (laughs) and you got the ball rolling and we sure appreciate it. So thank you so much. And and, uh, where can people follow you on socials and all that fun stuff? Uh, I think on Instagram, I'm Nina Weinman Swift, S-W-I-F-T, which is my married name. And um, Twitter, I'm N-I-B-E-W-E. That's my, not my initials, my first two letters of Nina Beth Weinman. (laughs) Very good. And uh, Megan, how can people follow you? I am on Twitter at MeganD320. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. Check that out. Also, make sure you're following the podcast at Homeworkies Pod and Homeworkies Podcast, all of our social media. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave us your ratings and reviews. We really appreciate it. And if you are watching on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have our patron group where you can be part of the patron watch alongs like with great people like Nina uh, and check that out. And uh, we also have the merch store, which is really fun. So thanks so much, Nina. We really appreciate it. Um, But thank you so much. And uh, yeah, we'll have to have you on uh, when it gets closer to Christmas. That'll be fun. Okay. Bye everyone. All right.